Okay. okay, this is Scott here with the Plastic Posse Podcast. It's the end of day two here in the conference room and just ran into Darren from the Model Geeks. How's it going, Darren? It's going great, Scott. It's going good. Man, can you believe all of this? I mean, this this place is packed. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to figure out what this place is going to look like as of Friday evening when judging starts. You know, I was talking to... Uh, Kentucky Dave just a while ago about that very thing and he's he's the one thinking that uh and they're not gonna have enough room I mean we're gonna run out of room it's crazy yeah I mean I don't know what the final models are but you know as of day one we're at 2700 it'll be interesting to see what Joe says where we're at as far as day two but this thing is shaping up to be a massive show yeah I don't know that the judges have their uh (laughs) <laughs> they have their job cut out for them. They're, there's going to have to be split after split after split, I'm afraid, in all categories. It's just crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. Frildo, get in here. What do you think of, Matt, all these models? It's crazy. I do not envy the judges, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they're going to be busy. After, you know, tomorrow afternoon when they come in here, you're not going to see them again until Saturday morning when the sun comes up. So are you guys going to judge? No. No, yeah. I'm not. no, I'm not judging. Okay, yeah, we. I, I think we are, but, I mean, we'll see. If they have enough, then, you know, it'd be easier not to. But anyway, yeah, well, looking forward to those numbers and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again tomorrow. And, uh, man, it's been a great show so far. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's really been good. So that's, that's uh, I don't know, I'm just overwhelmed. <laughs> any, any last thoughts, Frildo, bigger than you thought, about the same, smaller? What do you think? I think it's bigger than when I thought. So, you know, it's probably the scale of everything because this room is huge. And there's probably, what, 60-some-odd tables, maybe more, maybe 80-something tables. And tomorrow's like, the you know, the big day when everybody shows up. And I think it's just going to be slammed in here. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, some of the tables have already been split. They say that Friday's going to be the big day. So, anyway. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Darren, Frildo. Appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, man. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, man. Okay, Scott Gentry here with another Plastic Posse podcast interview. We're in the contest room, day two, and I have with me here from uh, from Eagle Mountain, Utah, right close to me, Josh Bug. Josh, what do you think of the show so far? It's it's awesome. I love coming for the inspiration. You get so many ideas from all the different things you see out here, uh, no matter how they're executed, and that's that's one of my favorite things about it is just all the ideas and inspiration. It's a great mojo boost. Yeah, for sure. I was a little bit worried, you know, with the mass mandate that maybe, you know, people might back off and not come. But, man, it sure seems like people are showing up. No, yeah, for sure. Attendance is, is better than the last couple I went to in, in Phoenix, and I'd even say Omaha. I'd be, I can't wait to see what the numbers are on it. Awesome. Well, um, you know, as you've been walking around here, checking out all the awesome models on the table, uh, what are uh, maybe one or two of uh, the favorite subjects that you've seen so far? I haven't been able to see them all, but there's a death knight going through the swamp that was really, really cool. Uh, it just really seemed like it fit that scene. It just belonged there. And that's, that's I think, the biggest one that stuck out to me so far. The other one that I really liked is there's a wildcat where they've just done the skeleton, just the frame of the body. That's that's really cool, really interesting. Yeah, that was an awesome piece. And uh, the Frazetta, the death dealer, like mm-hmm. you said, that was a really stunning piece. What would you think of that uh, um, hammerhead Corvette? That was awesome. I've seen that online as an STL, but to see it in person all built up, the the LEDs on it, the finish works really good. 
Um, you can't see how it's been put together. There's no seams or anything like that on it, but that was one of my favorite ships from Rogue One, so it's cool to see a model of it in person. Yeah, for sure. It certainly has a presence to it as well. It's big. Well, I know you uh, weren't able to bring any uh, entries, uh, you know, this year, but uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Omaha, you going to bring something to compete with? I'm planning on going, so uh, maybe this should be the one that I they finally uh, bring something to. Yeah, for sure. I look forward to it. Well, thanks a lot, Josh. All right, thanks, Scott. Okay, Scott here from the Plastic Posse. I'm here in the uh, contest room at the end of day two, and I have with me here one of the members of the Posse, Scott Hall from Denver, Colorado. How you doing, Scott? Doing great. How about you? I am doing awesome. This is amazing. Can you believe how many models are here already? Thousands, <laughs> I think. I haven't counted, though. What's crazy is Joe keeps telling me that Friday is going to be the busy day. Oh, really? Well... Uh, you know, there's more table space, so keep your models coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, any uh, models uh, that are early standouts for you? What have you seen out here that uh, you're really, really liking so far? There's a uh, somebody scratch-built the hammerhead that hit the Star Destroyer in uh, Rogue One, and that's an amazing piece of work with lights, and uh, there's a scale X-Wing right next to it to so just bring it to light of how big that ship is. But just somebody built that from scratch. You have to see that one. And then uh, we're looking at a, a pretty amazing Red 5 from Star Wars over there. But the, uh, and the Mecha, it's, this is good stuff. Yeah, I agree. That hammerhead is stunning. And, yeah, it's amazing. We're seeing everything from little tiny models to great big, huge, you know, scratch built. Great displays. We got a group display over there that looks like it's got 70 or 80 models in it. So it's great. Is that the tanks? Yeah. Okay, I got to go get that, uh, Get take a look at that one. Yep. All right, Scott. Well, thanks a lot for spending a couple minutes with us and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeehaw. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. We're here on another Plastic Posse interview at the IPMS Nationals in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I am here with the man, Joe Porsche. Joe, how's it going? I've survived this far so far. <laughs> I think, okay. Um, let me do this. Uh, it's, it's it's been a very very long week already and it's only thursday so um having a great time everybody seems to be really enjoying the place uh, i'll be honest that was a concern coming into this because some of the hotels were struggling and stuff and the rio's definitely had some struggles coming up to this point but i think they hit it out of the park this week um they've been very very good to us very accommodating to us um, I don't want to say it out loud too hard because there might be a, a, a Caesars VP or something sitting out there, but we got a lot of cool freebies from them, which was neat. Um, stuff that normal shows they probably would have charged us through the nose for. But uh, the property's been good. The people coming in from all over, wow, excited. Um, I think everybody is having a fantastic time. I actually found out there were a couple people who stayed over from Star Trek just to hit our show too as well, which was kind of funny. We were here on last Saturday, saw William himself, the big man, Mr. Shatner, um, 90 years old, dancing across the stage. Uh, that was very exciting, but we were here to make sure the property was actually doing its job, and it looked great. The Star Trek people were doing the same thing. 
having fun. Well, I want to say from, you know, my perspective, this is my first national, so uh, first timer, and it's been amazing. I mean, you know, whenever there's this many people, there's going to be little things here and there. But um, like you said, the venue's terrific and the turnout, the model room in there is just, I mean, where, you know, this is recorded um, early Thursday and with still, you know, a day and a half to go, you're busted at the seams in there. Very, very true. I did some early calculations based on the room and how many tables we could get in there. And I figured we could fit somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,700 models in there. That's a lot of models. That would be pretty much a record for any other show. Yesterday, we had 246 entrants. That's people who came and actually put their models in the contest. They accounted for 1,500 and, gosh, I'm forgetting the number, 1,536 category entries. Now, category entries doesn't tell you how many models there are because you have trifecta, you have collections, you have group builds like the T-34 group build, and then you have crazy people like the mad Mark De La Duca out of uh, Orange County who brought in 820 pieces of 72nd scale armor and is the hugest collection in the world, and that's added to that. So we're, we're probably somewhere around 2,600 models right now on the floor. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, It's exciting to see this kind of level of participation, you know, obviously still in the middle of COVID. Um, The mask thing doesn't seem to be much of an issue. Uh, Let's talk about the vendor room. Um, That that place is like the world's biggest hobby store right now, fully stocked, uh, whether you're after, after reference materials, kit manufacturers, aftermarket guys, Andy, Andy's Hobby Headquarters and Kit Links are here. I mean, awesome vendors. Uh, th- that's so true. And it's, it's, I've been working with vendors for probably the last four years, one way or another. Our local show, going to the nationals always helped with check-in. And then to, to be the vendor coordinator for the last year here. It's one of the many hats I put on this last year. Um, super great group of people that we have here. Of course, everybody's going, well, where's so-and-so and where's so-and-so? And hey, we're lucky to have a show, number one. Number two, we did lose some of our Europeans, we lost some of our Canadians, and we definitely lost all of our Asian vendors because of COVID. Not an excuse, we dug out there and got extra people to come in and fill in some of those spots. Just not enough vendors on the West Coast to basically fill all the tables. So what we did for our local guys and guys who've always supported the best of the West, most all of them ended up with at least one extra table to make up some of those people that weren't able to get here. So the model room or the vendor room is full of vendors. We still have a couple late shows. There's a couple coming in today. Um, uh, Lee out of the new Squadron Signal publications, his flight was canceled. Things like that that have pushed people back. But we'll have a we have a vendor who's just going to be here Friday and Saturday. Um, Lee will be here later today since I mentioned him. Uh, but yeah, great vendors, great, great, great group of people to work with, and we'll definitely be passing all their information on to Omaha. And some, I, mean, I know a lot of these people will be at Omaha as well. 
Uh, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, the, as I mentioned, you know, three of the um, four of us, this is a first time for us, and we're all going to Omaha. So that's a tribute to you and Bob and your team and what you've been able to do. So kind of to wrap things up, we're heading out into now seminars and then, of course, Friday night judging and Saturday uh, the awards. And it's looking like um, you've got a full slate of seminars. Uh, it looks like this is just going to be a terrific show. I would have to reiterate the same thing. It's a, it's a really terrific show. On my side, unfortunately, I don't get to see about as much of it as you do, as I kind of get stuck in places. But um, I think, at least from what I've heard from everybody else, it's been a great show. So just with one day underneath our belt, everybody's saying a great show. And I, you know, if you got a complaint, my name is Bob Lamasaro. You can find me up in the rotunda room. I've got dark hair and a beard, and I'm about five foot six. So come and see me if you got a complaint. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's Joe Porsche with IPMS Las Vegas, IPMS Nationals. Man, we are having an absolute blast. Um, and uh, the rest of the show is looking like it's going to be just as great. So anyway, signing off. Welcome to episode 28 of the Triple P, the Plastic Posse podcast. We all made it home safely from IPMS Nationals, and we'll be discussing that in our episode today. Joining me as always are Doug Smith, TJ Holler, and John Bonani. And for our second year, you're going to hear a few changes to the podcast. You'll get more details on that moving forward. We plan on having more guests join us, so more on that in uh, future episodes. So starting this one off, we have two very special and IPMS award-winning guests sitting in with us. First off, we're excited to have Scott Samo, call sign Nemo from the Model Geeks, and also Mike Basquette from Plastic Model Mojo. Michelle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to take that lump early? Okay. (laughs) Man, it didn't take long for that to get out on the table. No, I'm I'm just mad Doug beat me. (laughs) (laughs) i I think you guys should really be thinking about um the aircraft particular aircraft modeler who just said well you know i'll just throw in this 48 scale tank and uh oh yeah yeah, that's right place whitey yeah he's an armor modeler now he is you know it was it was was pretty fun they called out his and we all like just kind of looked at each other and he was like did they just call my name i'm like i think they did and he was like wow i mean we were we were I mean, he was super happy, but uh, we were all we were surprised, happily surprised, but we were kind of shocked too. You uh, know? Good on him, aircraft dudes building tanks and stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, game, game recognizes game. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it was hard for the folks out there in the posse to tell from our post, but man, could we have had any more fun in Vegas, you guys? Been tough. Yeah, I'm I just. I don't know. That was amazing. I'm just glad I lived up to expectations. You know, we we <laughs> talked it up so much. <laughs> With the Mojo folks, and I was oh, like, no man, doubt, man. I was worried I, TJ was going to come out. It's like, man, you guys, you guys suck. No, at, at, at the bottom line, I had almost a week off of work, so 
doesn't matter what would have happened. <laughs> I could have woken up in a in a bathtub full of ice with missing a kidney. I'm like, well, at least I wasn't at work. <laughs> yeah, that was that first day coming back from work, and I'm I just kind of peek and take a look at how many emails I have. I was like, eleven hundred and fifty seven. Oh man, <laughs> the delete Jeez, button, the man. delete button oh, works yeah. really well. I deleted the first four days' worth of those. <laughs> Select all, delete. I am up to date. <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah. I, I, before we get you know too much into it and stuff, I mean, I just want to take a minute to uh, publicly acknowledge uh, Bob and Joe and the Vegas IPMS folks. Man, they put on an amazing show. I mean, was it perfect? No, we had to wear masks and some of the big vendors didn't show up. But I mean, considering what it took man what a great effort and uh, you guys did a terrific job hosting so uh, thanks a lot to ipms las vegas and uh, great job well let's get started nima i want to start with you uh pick something uh, what was your favorite part of of nats do you think well i i it kind of goes without saying but it's it's meeting all the people you know of course meeting you guys all the different podcasters and just it's so it it's pretty amazing how similar in personality we all are. You know, we're just like we all kind of love talking and talking about models, but I think the camaraderie that you build, you know, it's something that that you can't put a price on that. I know my the years I was in the Navy, that wardroom spirit and the camaraderie that you have um with your with your homies, it's just, you know, that is special. And that's just something that you don't you don't get in every kind of hobby or forum. And so that for me, that was probably the best thing was just getting to hang out with people that you that you were interested in meeting. And you find there's so many similarities and you just kind of click. So uh, for me, that was without a doubt, that was the most enjoyable part was and, and hanging out with my wife. Um, in case you heard that, but no, <laughs> but seriously, it was, it was just meeting everybody, meeting folks. And, you know, I, again, I'm not into the competition thing. That's just me. But, uh, you know, I, I just love showing my stuff to people. And every time I go to a show, I'm always learning. I always feel like I can improve. And, and when I see the work from, because, you know, for me now, I'm like, God, man, there's just the armor and military vehicle side. Ah, oh, just get, you know, when you see that work, you're just like, man, I want to learn how to do that. You know, and, and uh, so, yeah, you guys are all inspirational for us aircraft dudes. So, yeah, it was good times. Yeah, when you see those those award-winning F-18s, man, Scott, that's beautiful, beautiful <laughs> oh, thank work. You. So thank you're being you. humble there. But, JB, what was your favorite part? Oh, man, you know, I'd have to go off what Scott said. So I'm, I'm going to cop out and say, you know, honestly, the friendship. I think uh, really getting to know everybody from the, you know, the the podcast sphere, if that makes sense. That was really great. You know, I think we talked to each other, you know, through our shows, but having the ability to sit down, have breakfast with them. And then what I really, really enjoyed is when, you know, TJ and I met up with Scott and we had the opportunity to show each other's work. Seeing it in person was really inspiring. I mean, we're over there oogling and ogling all over his F-18. And then I personally love the F-16 as well. And you talk about using the toothbrush for the... Um, what are those little static uh, static wicks? Yeah. yeah, the static wicks. So I mean, just little things like that. You walk throughout the contest room. You're talking with you know you know Scott, and then Darren shows us his F4. I mean, it's just really really fun to share that experience with these guys that I've talked to online but never seen in person. And again, see their work in person, see what passion they've put into it, and then it's it's certainly inspiring. I mean, you know, a lot of us are going to build F16s, and we're going to put you know Scott's 
Scott's, uh, you know, model up there on the pedestal of kind of what we are looking to achieve in terms of, you know, oh, not please. only building, but finishing. You keep, know, keep, you going, know. keep going, keep going. <laughs> this is good. He's, he's going to give you five minutes to stop. This is good. This is good. No, but, you know, at the end of the day, that was one thing, and I'll probably steal this from somebody else, but I think it's meeting all the people that had listened to our show. And, you know, I'm sure one of you guys are going to talk about it, so I don't want to spoil it, but hearing about how many people this was their first time Nats was super inspiring too. So I'm sure you guys will mention it. So I'll, I'll pass the torch. Doug? Well, I can't talk about the people, I guess, because it's been pretty well covered. Um, but I agree. I totally agree. That was a blast. It was really fun to to get to know the other podcasters as people and know that you guys are better than I ever gave you credit for listening to your shows. You guys are great guys, all of you. It was a, It was really fun to get to know you. But getting out on the contest floor and seeing what people are capable of, especially when I started looking at some of these scratch builders are insane what they're capable of building and seeing it first person. And I mean, the, the best of show was the sky crane and, and it was all scratch built and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm sure most of you have all seen pictures of it if you uh, weren't there. Um, but being a Star Wars geek, some dude built a hammerhead Corvette from the, the, the ship that pushed a Star Destroyer into another one um, in Rogue One. And he built it from scratch, had it fully lit, had the interior with crew on the bridge. It was absolutely insane. And we got to talk to the guy that built it. He was totally cool. He showed us pictures of his new project. And that's fun stuff. That's That was just exciting to me. Mike? I'm going to come back around to this whole people thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so true. We we've, we've fostered this kind of a camaraderie among, among us. And we've got this, now we got this consortium website to, to promote everybody. And before that we were cross promoting each other and still probably among some of us among the podcast, there was probably still a little, well, you know, who knows what these guys are really, really after, but man, once, I mean, we started right off, right out of the gate at the breakfast and it was just, it was clear from the moment we all sat down that we were all alike. We, we genuinely all put our own twist on all of our shows and there is room for all of us to exist. And it was just a pleasure to meet everybody. And I just thank everybody for that. That was just totally awesome. Scott, I want to give you props for the, for the round table you put together uh, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, breakout rooms. I didn't know what to expect, but that was so it was really humbling because we were all in there and these, all these people show up and they're asking us all these questions. And I'm like, we're just some dudes. Why are you talking to us? That's the way I really felt about it, but it was, you know, I was like, man, that was really, really cool. And uh, you gave the mat to the right guy. I think I will tell you that. And on top of that, just, you know, you saw where our table was and just the number of folks that came by and all the things they had to say about our show and everybody's show and how they appreciate all of this. Uh, was the most uh, affirming thing of all the time we're putting into this, and it was just it was just incredible. And it 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 really is about the people. And and we, I don't want to sound cheesy, but it it really is. There there's oh there's a contest going on, and there's a bunch of crap you can go buy. But uh, everybody's hanging out, talking about models, talking about modeling, and their next big thing and their current great thing, whatever it is. But everybody likes to talk about it, and. You just see the smile on everybody's faces when that's going on. You know, we had people coming by our table talking about their models. We had a couple of segments you'll hear after our episode drops. 
episode 45 and, and you'll get to hear some of that, but, uh, it was just an incredible experience, incredible, incredibly humbling experience really, because everybody's just great, man. I'm so glad we all made this work out. And, uh, it was just, it was just really, really cool to meet all the people. Yeah. That's well said TJ. Well, I guess I got to go with the safe answer and say meeting everybody. <laughs> um, but specifically, uh, meeting my fellow co-hosts, um, I oh, think yeah. everyone knows we've talked about it. Um, we had never other than Scott and Doug who know each other, but Scott and I've never met anyone else on our podcast or any other podcast, frankly. And we've spoken to most of you guys before. And it, it I mean, it was like, uh, it's fun. So I talked to my mom a lot. I'm, I'm a little bit of a mama's boy, even though I'm almost 40. And uh, there's no shame in that, by the way, there's no shame in that. <laughs> and when I, I told her that like, we went out to dinner and, and we, you know, everyone met and she's like, well, what was it like? And like, it was like, I met my friends. Like it wasn't even really like meeting them. It's like, we had already met. That's how it felt anyways. And then just, you know, getting to you, to know you, uh, Mike and getting to know Dave and then getting to know you, Nemo and the rest of the geeks. It's, it, it was just, I, I mean, you can't even really put it into words really. And it sounds kind of cheesy, you know, but, but it is. And like, you don't really realize how, important the social aspect is to a solitary hobby right and and you don't really realize that until you're in the thick of it and the people that don't go don't understand that and you know there's a lot said post every nats right and people can get mad all they want but if you aren't there you don't understand and that's with with anything you just it's different it really is and that sounds so dumb and like it does it and, and you can hand wave it away all you want. I don't care. I was there and I, and I, and I thought the same stuff too. Like it really, is it, is it really that cool? Like, is it that special? And yeah, I mean, it really is. It absolutely is. I mean, I had someone turn around and be like, I know your voice. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <okay. laughs> uh, Dave gets I'm that sorry for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, my voice because <laughs> I don't like it, but okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, it was, you know, and, and Joe rolling out the red carpet for all of the podcasts. I mean, you can't you can't put a price on that. I mean, you just can't. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of money and I brought home a lot of cool stuff, but nothing I brought home is even comes close to the, the friends I made and the memories I made that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. I could throw every kit away I bought today and wouldn't care because everything else I did was better than all of that. I could throw my award away like i don't even care like what we got to do and just got to be everyone together was worth way more than that that's that that's just inconsequential yeah i mean i think when we had our meet and greet for the podcast i think that's something that came up time and time again is that all of us want to contribute in a very positive way to the modeling community and when you go and you meet people in person you're taking that normally very isolated part of the hobby and you're moving that aside and you're finding people who you have that in common with. And uh, that's powerful. And, uh, you know, I, I just, there's a couple of moments I'll never forget. You know, the first one is we have a photo of, of the guys in the posse, the four of us and Ian for when we won um, the, the T34, you know, group build. And, and for me, that was better than any other individual award because it kind of represented that friendship. And somebody took a picture of us like 
right there and we all have these great big smiles and uh it's a great memory it's something we'll cherish forever another thing um that i'll never forget is you know john was able uh, sorry sorry mike and nemo but john was able to get us out to nellis and uh we got to go out there and uh check out the petting zoo (laughs) (laughs) check out the petting zoo and the and the flight line and while we were doing that, you know, TJ kind of talked about this a little bit, but it just, it felt like I'd known John and, and TJ my whole life, you know, it just, it, it was great. And, and Nemo and Mike with you guys at our breakfast and our, and our meet and greet, it just, it just feels like we've been friends for a really, really long time. And that, that speaks to the character of, of everybody and, you know, the experience that we got to have. And isn't, isn't that weird? Like we all just really met. And it does not feel like we just met. It does not feel like that at all. It's it's almost an instant connection, and, and you don't have you you can feel it. You know, it's just yeah, it's um yeah, it's really it's it's cool. I mean, yeah, the contest is just and all that other stuff is just you know the the the, the lasting part is the the friendships that you build with people. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's amazing. In Omaha, we, we the the only thing we didn't do is, and we we learned a lot at this show. The awards banquet, we need two adjacent tables, or if not yes. one, I don't think we'll all oh, fit yeah. in. But uh, oh yeah. yeah, we slid down there, and uh, I don't know where you guys were, Scott, but uh, we you were late. You but we got late. a table. It was we were down by like the bar, like when you first walked in. Oh, it's right. oh, right. a bad place to be, though. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, we all were, right, we were good. Excuse uh, given. Um, what I was gonna say is it's it's a combination of the parasocial relationship, which I'm sure more than one person you guys heard me say, like the idea that you hear people talk about themselves and with other people and you feel like, you know, them same thing that happens. Not that we're celebrities like, you know, movie actors, but the same situation, like you see people on TV and you feel like, you know, them like, and when you don't, but we have that angle going, but then also it goes back. I've said this a million times about everything, politics, everything we have, more in common than we have not in common. And that's true everywhere. Like it doesn't matter. Like we can all sit down and get along. Nothing else matters. Right. Like, yeah, it just doesn't. We all share passion for the best hobby ever. Like there's no better (laughs) hobby than what we do. I mean, there just isn't, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, one thing I also want to mention in a person, I think we forgot to mention maybe two people, uh, definitely got to give a shout out to Steve Munsell from value gear. Damn it. I mean, I want to do that. You stole it. Oh, sorry. Well, I'll give a shout out to Mike. He, you know, I think he became a de facto member of us for those four days. Um, but yeah, go ahead and give a shout out. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, so before I went off on my tangent, that's one of the other people (laughs) I wanted to mention. I wanted specifically to thank Steve Munsell for a giving us (laughs) half of his, like half of one of his tables (laughs) to four dudes he's never met before. Like, Oh yeah. Come here, hang out at my booth. Like, I don't know you, but hang out in my booth. Oh, uh, I got to step outside. So why don't you go ahead and sell all my wares for me while, <laughs> while I'm gone? Like, uh, okay. And he gave me a Sherman kit, so I'm not going to be like, I got to thank him for that. I, I've already done it like a billion times. I'm going to continue to do it. It's the first time someone just said, here, take this. And also thank you, John, because I know you fostered that. And I, I, I mean, I can't thank you enough. We're all friends. That's what we're here for. That's what the Nats is all about, man. It was just a great time. And and like you said, I, I don't know if some, you got to go to experience it and, and to experience that feeling 
you know, we joked earlier building it up so much and I, I was a little bit worried, but I'm, I'm so thankful that, <laughs> and you see conversations online. It's like, if you haven't been there, you don't understand. Like you, you gotta go, you gotta go and experience it because it'll be like, unlike anything you've ever done before in this hobby, you will meet people on the spot and become their friend. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, one more tangent story. I got a text from a guy, Chris, he's a listener of the podcast and you know, he was supposed to go with his dad. And he just shot me a message on Facebook. Hey, you know, don't mean to sound like a, a creep, but, you know, my dad isn't here. And, you know, if you'd be willing to hang out, you know, it'd be great to catch up with you guys. I'm like, well, well, heck, dude, I'm in room 1025. Come up on, come up now. I got a cold beer in the fridge. Oh, okay. It's like maybe I took a little bit too too much trust in my hands. But, um, you know, again, we're modelers. He came in and, you know, he hung out till like 1 in the morning with Steve, Mike, and I. And we just BSed about models. And that was it. There was no, like zero drama like the coolest like time you could ever have with people is at this show so it's yeah again listeners please consider omaha i i can't recommend it enough yeah every every single person i met was was nice and cool i mean can't be that cool because we're nerds that build scale models but <laughs> you know what i meant like cool people i guess no. not, not, not cool cool but yeah you know, cool hey, well, rel- question for relative. Mike. go ahead <laughs> Speaking of Omaha, has the countdown clock started? Oh, yes, yeah. it has. All right. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say something about it, but then I was like, you know what? That's uh, we want. We want Mike to talk about that. All right. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Well, before we before we move on, I want to, you know, a, a couple of you guys really alluded to this, but I had an experience uh, like I think it was TJ. You mentioned that you know, you'd be walking down the hall, having a conversation, you know, I'd be talking to Whitey or one of you guys or whatever. And then somebody would just stop in their tracks and they'd say, Hey, you're, I, I listened to you guys. And you know, that we, we had, um, I was in the contest room, I think it was with TJ and we had a, a one of the posse come up to us and it, it was really, really humbling. I mean, he, he basically said, you know, the, the hobby store in his town had gone away 10 years ago. All of his friends that modeled had gone away and he had put all of his stuff away and wasn't building anymore. And he started listening to all the podcasts, not just us, but all the podcasts. And he was telling us how he had gotten his models back out and he was modeling again. And he came to Nats and how much joy that had brought him. And, and it just, it, it, I don't want to sound all dorky, but I mean, it's like when somebody tells you something like that, it just it, it's it's humbling. I I don't know how else to say it. We we definitely collectively all of us move the needle on this show. Absolutely, and you'll you'll hear that from Joe. Uh, you hear that from Bob Lomasaro in a, in a little last minute in a show segment we did with him in our in our in our episode forty five, and uh, we did. We have all we've all talked it up. We've all encouraged people to come, and I think a lot of people took took that advice and came. I really do. Yeah, I I think that you know. Um, because Whitey's got a really distinctive voice. He does. Me, I sound like a freaking ten-year-old. But it's just you know, I, I, first first time we did the first time we did the, you know, the, our recording and we played it back. I'm like, is that what I sound like? And they're like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? This is Nemo. Uh, you guys want to talk about miles and stuff? I'm like, oh my god, dude, that's what I sound. You know. Anyway, but uh, and Whitey's got the cool, and Darren's got the good radio voice, you know. And then there's, you know, and Frills, his his voice a little deeper. Anyway, but that first time, 
when you're like standing there, look, cause we were at mosquito con up in Jersey. That was the first show we, we like went to as a group since we started the podcast. Cause we're, you know, we're the, we're the kids on, on the new kids on the block. We're just like, you know, we're in episode, I don't know, 16 or whatever, but to have people, Hey, are, are you guys those model geeks? And we're like, <laughs> why? Yes, we are. <laughs> you know, and, and you sit there and they're like, wow. And then they tell you about how you've inspired them to build models. I mean, I, I don't know. There's, I mean, I've done a lot of cool shit in my life and that is way up there. That's way, because when you hear about that, you're able to positively influence somebody's life. And we've had some emails and experiences with people that I don't, I won't get into cause it's just, it'll, it'll make me all emotional, but to the point where it's helping them recover from like PTSD issues that they find comfort in listening to our show. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have words to explain when, when somebody's telling me how we've had that much of an influence in them, that it helps calm them and help them get through serious life issues. I, I, I'm, that's why we didn't know that that's why we, first of all, we didn't think anybody's going to listen to a bunch of four retired crusty Navy dudes, but they do. And to be able to affect people like that in such a positive way, like I said, I don't really have words to explain how, how meaningful that is. It's really, it's really pretty incredible. Makes me want to build more and, and keep doing the show. You know, it's just, uh, absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah. When you, you hear that, I mean, that makes us feel the same way. I mean, you know, that energy comes back, you know, multiple to, to us as well. And they certainly, these podcasts take a lot of time and they're a lot of work. Like we, you know, we talked about in the meet and greet, but man, I'll tell you, we never, we never lack for mojo. You know, I think we always feel energized and uh, whether it's just sharing the hobby or actually doing it ourselves, you know, the tank's always full. Doug, are you crying? Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) There's dust in the air. Sorry. Well, let's talk a little bit about the vendor room. I mean, as I mentioned at the start, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer that some of the big boys, you know, Tamiya, Edward, Zukimura, you know, they they didn't show up. But man, uh, Joe and Bob and their team did a great job of backfilling that room. It was wall to wall, really, really terrific experience overall. Kit Links was there, Andy's Hobby Headquarters, you know, all, all these great vendors. Mike, I'll start with you. You know, what was one of the vendors in there that, uh, you know, ended up going home with a lot of Mike Basquette's money in their pocket? Uh, it would be the Russian gentleman from Master Club. <laughs> I mean, what first, I obviously Russia is not under the same travel restrictions as the rest of uh, Europe or, or Asia or however they want to categorize themselves. But when you show up and they're already under retail and there's no yeah. shipping oh. involved... Yeah, and, and 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 eBay, there's also sales tax, right? There's, on eBay, there's yeah. sales tax. Uh, I should have bought more. I only bought two, but I was I was very pleased with the bargain I got because I mean, still, yeah, they're probably a little bit more than the price of the kit I put them on. That's that's the nature of the beast. Thirty uh, is a lot better than forty five, is yeah, it not? Plus shipping, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So kudos to him for getting over here. I hope he made a lot of money and come and comes back next time. Based that, on the state, based on the state of his table on the last day, I think he did pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so I went over there and I'm like, uh, "There's nothing I want to buy that's left on this table." Damn it! I was mad. I was angry. That, yeah, that was that was the 
big pleaser for me as a tank guy. Yeah. TJ, who got your money? Oh, who didn't get my money? I think so. the better, <laughs> the better question. Me. Um, I bought, you know, I, I some Ryfield stuff. Um, the, the Vargas models, the 3d printed. I'm sure John's probably going to talk about them too. I got a screaming deal for his stuff. I don't know who the, 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 uh, Asian guy in the middle was, um, who he, what, I don't know who he was selling what or what. He was the rep um, for AFV club in the States. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he got a lot of my money too, because I bought the Canadian leopard two a six M from him that I don't think he's even in the States yet. And I've also bought the T 90 a with the gas truck from him. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't turn away from either one of those. I also want to mention, uh, John might as well, uh, bases by bill. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Man. So <laughs> I, I only grabbed a couple of things from him and that's only because he, I'm going to, I, I have it all, actually already saved on his website. I have the, the tab open. I just need to send it to him, uh, a base for one of my, for my crusader. Uh, cause he can do custom text and custom images for like $20. Like I feel <laughs> like bad, free, man. Like, is there a way I can give you extra money for this? Because, like my grandfather was a woodworker. Like I, I know. Like it, there's a lot of work involved, and I feel bad. I'm like, there's no way you're you're turning a profit. But I, I guess he is. Yeah, that guy. Know. That guy was the one vendor that you wanted to reverse negotiate. Yeah, with. it's like, can I give you a little more money? I mean, his work was amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was unreal. I've already, I talked to him about doing some custom bases. I, I just there's a, a Spitfire Mark 14 that I spent damn near 17 years building and I haven't really taken it to hardly any, I, I just finished it, but he's going to do like a custom inlay with a mirror and the whole squadron badge and the, Oh man. And I was like, how much do you charge? He's like, yeah, it's like $25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What? I'll take, I'll take 10, you know I mean? It's just, and super friendly and yeah, they were, they were good to go. Who else got your money, Nemo? Ooh, rare plane detective. Yeah, I, I probably that's where I bought. He just had all the kits I was looking for, so I, I think I bought. I didn't buy too many, maybe like four or five kits, but but they were out of production, hard to find stuff that I ended up buying. Probably one of my favorites because I grew up as a kid. You know, I'm a, I'm a big, even though I I think I mostly build modern jet stuff. My I have a real passion for 109s and and D9s. And so uh, Jerry Crandall and Judy Crandall and the whole Eagle Editions team was there. And Jerry's getting, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but I, I remember, you know, looking at his artwork and his pictures and magazines when I was a little kid. And so to, that was the first time I actually got to meet him and personally just thank him for for what he's done, all the research and every book that he's, I've got a lot of his books you know, it was just incredible to meet one of your one of your idols because uh, he's just he he does all the homework and I just get to I, I just have to look it up, you know. So I, I think they were that was one of the highlights was being able to meet him and his wife. And she even recognized me because I had ordered something in December and I just got it last month. But, you know, I don't care. I'm like, I got enough. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not what you would call a quick builder. <laughs> I'm like one or two kits a year. So my whatever I ordered from them, if it takes a little while, you know, COVID really impacted, you know, the ability to get stuff quick. I was just like, I don't care. It's no big deal. They've, they're such great people and, and they, their products are so great. I, I didn't care that it took that long. So they, they, well, that was a big one for me getting to meet them. Doug, who got your money? 
Well, I didn't spend as much as I, I could have. There was so many opportunities to spend. I did get some of those Vargas models, 3D printed stuff. Funny thing, I always talk about how I'm not an armor builder, but I came away with four, four armor kits. Um, uh, Andy's hobby. You are, you are an armor, armor I'm an builder armor now, builder now. And, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you and Whitey joined the team. Andy's hobby headquarters had the T3485 that we built as a group build, except they had the Chinese volunteer version for 25 bucks. Like, how could I say no to that? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're almost giving it away. (laughs) Yeah. I I should have bought all of them, but, um, (laughs) but you know, and just walking around there and seeing what people had for sale, you're talking about the, uh, the bases. Um, I saw those and I looked at him, he was just setting up and I said, I said, I had no idea that you had stuff that I, I didn't know I needed this stuff. (laughs) And until I saw it, I didn't know I needed it, but I saw that I'm like, I've got to have some of this stuff. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be spending money with him in the future. So, yeah, there was so much to so much to see, so much to buy. I think I came out of there with a uh, a Yak One from Accurate Miniatures, so an old out of production kit for ten bucks because it was missing the directions. Like that's the easiest thing to do. I mean, especially that kit's simple, so you don't really need the instructions for the most part. But even if you do, it's all online. JB. Oh man, you know I didn't spend as much money as I thought, but definitely Vargas models uh, in the yeah, front. Yeah, but that's because everybody gives you stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you, for those Austin. of you at home, John literally knows every human being that models <laughs> or is modeling adjacent in the entire United States. Am I wrong? <laughs> and he's like the nicest guy on the planet. So they're just like, oh, oh, you're nice here. Take this. So that's why John didn't spend any money. We, we, we'd roll up to a booth and we'd all get our wallets out and JB and have a big old armful of stuff and walk away and go, what? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm very fortunate. Um, but yeah, Vargas Models, super nice guy. I bought some stuff from him, as we talked about. Really unique World War One interwar year kind of 35th and 72nd scale uh, armor stuff. So that was cool. You know, I, I didn't buy anything from Andy's Hobby Headquarters, but I certainly love the fact that they chose the IPMS Nationals to release a new kit. That was really cool. I took some pictures of it, put it online, and I was just checking. You know, it says Insights, you know, 38,000 people have seen your post, which is crazy for, you know, it just shows that it was such a popular release and it was, it was really great that they chose the IPMS Nationals as that venue to release it. Um, for other people that got my money, you know, there was a total impulse buy. I'm walking around. You guys probably experienced this. You're walking around. You're like, I have money to burn. I want to buy something. <laughs> and I'm walking around and I go over to Spray Gunner and I'm like, oh, you know what? I haven't been in this corner. And I'm like, this is quite a display they have over here. And then they have this airbrush with a little portable kind of compressor it's it's electric um they actually gave me one too to try with my uh custom surprise drive. surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> so i bought one but they gave me one too but uh you know it, it was uh 65 dollars. you got an airbrush i think it had a 0.7 millimeter needle in it um or it was 0.3 one of the two and but it was really cool it you know it's a little compressor it's chargeable usb um, and I painted a tank at our display booth. Is it something that you're going to use on like a tight camo scheme? Probably not. But, you know, if you're a transient modeler or, you know, you just want to keep it simple one day, 
I highly recommend it. I, I really enjoyed using it. The, actually, the ergonomics feels really good too. So I'll have to post some pictures online, but sprays constant pressure. They said between 17 and 22 PSI. Um, but again, it was, it was good enough to paint. I painted a Warhammer tank and camouflage scheme and the charge was still really strong. So they were telling me, you know, when it does cut out, it doesn't like slowly drain. It's just like, okay, can't keep up the pressure and kills itself. But um, anyway, I highly recommend that. That was, that was really cool. A good impulse buy. And again, I, I just enjoyed looking at everything too. A lot of the new releases, um, a lot of decals that I'll never put on a model. I mean, I just, and then, you know, the squadron signal publications, they had the original artwork there and just seeing it was really cool. Um, because you know what, I had read those books when I was, I was little and, you know, they're, they're certainly older than me, but it was, it was cool. It was just a really good experience overall. Yeah, I had a guy in the corner that was selling tools, and I actually picked up a Fine Mold 72nd Scale uh, Slave 1, which I've been looking for for three or four years and got a great deal on that. And then, uh, like TJ and Mike, I uh, I think I came home with three or four sets of Master Club tracks. It's just awesome, awesome deal. Plus, and- plus that extra set that you're buying from uh, Jonathan Anderson. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm mailing from- tomorrow, so... Yeah, and then the Vargas stuff. The Vargas was just amazing. Really, really, really cool World War One unique pieces. And uh, yeah, so they got some money out of me as well. But yeah, Vendor Room was, was really terrific. And I'm going to shout out Value Gear one more time. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Steve yeah. at Value Gear let us use his table. I bought some of his stuff. He's got the uh, the add-ons for your for your armor, and I bought some of that too. Oh, one more I would like to shout out. Uh, John Geigel from Masterpiece Models. Yeah. Super oh, yeah. nice guy. Yeah. Um, I talked to him for a little bit. He bought me a beer, so I'm always <laughs> going to appreciate that. Um, I think he did pretty good. I know his stack of models dwindled pretty quick. He had a couple there that I was interested in. The uh, the atomic bombs. I like those. Those are sweet. Um, yeah. So he, he was a really nice guy. He was cool. What do you guys think the reception was of the Stug 3? It seemed like that was uh, pretty huge. Um, you know, obviously it was just a test shot and not nearly a, a finished kit, but it was pretty, I think it was an exciting release and there seemed to be a lot of interest generated by the pictures and videos from the show. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to buy one. I just haven't pre-ordered one yet because I don't know where I'll be living in a month. So I need to sort that out first. <laughs> That's kind of a lame excuse, John. Come on, man. I don't want my I don't want somebody <laughs> buying my house to get it. That I, that's not in the contract. <laughs> well, let's move on from the vendor room and uh, go over to the contest room, John. Why don't you start us off talking the quality of entries? You know, the quantity. Just what what do you think? Yeah. So in terms of a Nats, I thought it was very well attended. I think the final count was a little over 3000, uh, entered in competition. And then I think around 4,000, which included displays. And I think, you know, 800 of that were that guy 72nd scale tanks in that one room. But going back to the competition models, I, I thought everything was really good. And again, I'm an armor guy, but I felt like some of the best talent was in the aircraft category and in sci-fi. There were some, you know, I walked in on Wednesday and I was like, there's no table space in some of these categories. It was insane. Uh, I thought uh, 32nd scale jets, 48th scale jets were heavily populated. And honestly, I would not have liked to judge those categories because there were some stellar ones. I mean, you know, one of the builders is on the line with us right now, but 
you know, Darren's F4, you know, seen in pictures didn't do it justice. Um, I thought he fantastic job. And I was super happy when I heard his name called for first. I, I thought it was so well-deserved. You know, that that's just, you know, one of the little models I saw. You know, otherwise, the bigger stuff, the short Sterling that was a vac form kit, like, oh, my gosh. And yeah, Mike, you seriously. Guys, yeah, Mike, you guys noted that on one of your podcasts, too, uh, on one of your episodes, I believe. Oh, that was with the on-the-bench update you guys gave. You mentioned oh, yeah. that one. Fantastic. You know, from armor perspective, I thought the World War One like big gun uh, built by uh, Billy Jean from Panzer Concepts was awesome, and then the scratch belt Razor Crest, right? Is that is that it? Yeah, no, the, the hammerhead. 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 Sorry, who? No, don't know Razor Quest. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, people, don't edit this out, Scott. Um, <laughs> don't do it, Scott. Don't do it. Uh, that hammerhead was absolutely fantastic. But yeah, anyway, my my attraction was in the aircraft. I thought there was some of the best aircraft I've ever seen on the contest table there. Yeah, you you always kind of walk up and you put your stuff on the table and then you go eat lunch and you come back and you're like, well, I'm not getting anything because it's just, (laughs) it's so tough. And that's, you know, folks that haven't been to Nats before, it's just, it's unbelievable when you'll have first, second, and third, and they'll, they'll have multiple splits and there's still 30 models in a category. So anytime you're placing at a show, it's, it's good on you. And uh, I thought, you know, I judged uh, a couple of categories and one in particular, I, d- I did the 30 second scale jets and it was, um, it was work. It was work. I, d- I did notice one thing though. This was a, a common theme and we'll probably, I know talking to Darren and Whitey about it. Uh, and this is just some, just some unsolicited advice. Cause everybody loves that. But um, <laughs> out of the, and I, out of the, there were, I think there were 19 models in that particular category and only one of them had straight wheels, just one. Now I, I, my eye goes to that. I mean, I've been building aircraft for a long time. So the alignment stuff, my eye just goes to that. And so it was very hard because there were some where the finishes were absolutely beautiful and they had crooked wheels and crooked pylons. And I was like, oh, man, oh, I just, you know, and you feel for the guy or the person because it's like, just, you spend all the time on the finish, just spend another little bit on the, making sure your wheels are straight, you know? And it was, it was, it was hard. It was, it was very difficult to judge. And, uh, but Nats is, that's the, that's a good place to judge though. Cause it really helps. It, it helps you as a builder as well. So yeah, it was, um, I thought for me, the most impressive category even though I'm not an armor builder, I, I just, I, I just, I want to be, I just think it's, it's just that. And some of the automotive things that I'm like, how are they getting those finishes? So glossy, they look wet, you know? And then some of the figure painters, you know, so it's the, the, I wasn't as impressed with, um, aircraft because that's what I build. So I'm more impressed with the stuff that I don't do like the tanks, the armor, military vehicles, air, um, the figures and automotive stuff, you know, that's to me, that's where a ships. I'm just like, what the hell are they thinking? How can they build How do they do that? You know? And then two seconds later, somebody comes over and asks me, how did you do You know? And I'm like, what? It's easy. It's not hard. You just like uh, put the paint in the airbrush and you spray it on there. What that, is that hard? You know? So yeah, it's, um, I think it's all perspective, you know, but for me, it's, it's everything other than aircraft impresses the most out of, you know, impressed me the most. 
You know, Scott, you came in, well, we came in the, in the uh, contest room and you were in there and you took me around to a few things and, and like Scott's saying, it's, uh, well, not, not just Scott, but uh, JB has too, I think. It's the stuff out of, out of your genre that tends to impress the most because you're not familiar with it. So you took me and showed me a 1700 scale uh, USS Tennessee. That's the one with the little bitty figures were painted? Yes. Yeah. What the? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I quit. (laughs) (laughs) And then you took me to that crazy freaking Camaro Harrier space. Harrier jet car. With all the piping. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That was so over the top. And, uh, you know, in in the armor artillery, JB's right. That, that, that big field gun was just incredible. And, Scott, I showed you the vacuform Sterling. You'd already seen it, but I, I gravitated that one immediately. You showed me the big dinosaur, yeah, with the air oh, yeah. with with the the eye look the eye that looked like it could blink at you at any second, and the airbrush yeah. work on it was just incredible. And good good grief! And then on my own, I went back and there, there were a couple of uh, pre war uh, yellowing Army Air Corps and and Navy aircraft in forty eight scale, and the, then a Kingfisher in thirty second scale. Yellow Wing pre-war that were the guy just he'd nailed it he just nailed it a lot a lot of folks don't pull that off that well because yellow's hard but he had he had nailed the 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 sheen difference between the yellow and the black non-skid step line against the wing root and then the and then the aluminum they're all different so this model these all his models had this unique kind of sheen it's just texture essentially to, to put it in simple words. It's just a texture. And, and that's the way it probably was because the, the, the non-skid was probably dead flat. The yellow was kind of semi-gloss probably. And, and then the aluminum was just blinding. Right. So he, he just nailed it and, and just so much great stuff there. But those, those are the kind of things that stand out to me. Things that uh, outside of your genre that are going to inspire you to, if if not, go build something in that genre that think about how you might apply those things into what you are interested in. Just a lot of lot of phenomenal models there. I was I was impressed. I always am, but the, this show was didn't disappoint at all. I mean, I gotta go with the crowd. The the out of uh out of genre thing for me. You know, I fancy myself an armor builder. It's not all I build, but that's primarily what I build. But you know, just like like John like I know John and I went in and walked the aircraft more than once. And I know Nemo, that's, I think where I was talking to you about your, your F-16 uh, when uh, you walked up when I was with Darren, cause I was yeah. like, how do you, how do you do this? And I'm like, <laughs> like, I, I just, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I might've even mentioned like F- the F-16 is my favorite aircraft. You know, even though I'm an armor builder uh, as a child and really even now I love airplanes cause they're awesome. I mean, they are. And I've always loved the F-16 and yours was i mean it was flawless and like i think well, before you, you. you before you walked up i'm like how can anyone look at this and, and find something wrong with it I, I just don't see it and maybe it's because of my ignorance i, I don't know but it looked like a, a freaking jet it, it, and there was you know, there's a lot there was good armor i looked at the armor obviously because that's what i like and there was definitely some good work um there was some work that could have been better if the builder had painted the headlights but um you know <laughs> i guess that's how you learn and hopefully he learned because I've reminded him multiple times <laughs> that he should have painted the headlights. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and of course, the Hammerhead Corvette was amazing. Um, there's a lot of good figure stuff too that I like. I saw um, there was a Popeye bus that was was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. Um, I admittedly did not really look at the cars just because that's not really my interest. And now I kind of wish I had because I know I, I did see a couple of really cool ones and I should have paid more attention. And that's that's on me. And uh, anyone that is listening that that brought a car that I didn't look at, I'm I am honestly sorry. <laughs> Um, going back to real quick, the cars, which, which aren't my thing. There were a few that really, really stood out to me. There was the, the Opal, like semi truck dragster thing that he had the, the, the cab taken off and everything exposed, beautiful detail, beautiful, uh, paintwork. Um, everything about that just blew my mind. There was a guy that had turned in a, his entry was a formula one, um, the old red and white Marlboro um, lay, uh, markings on that. But I looked so close at it. It's shiny as can be. And there's no evidence that there's any decal work on it at all. It was so clean. It was so smooth. I could not believe what what this person was able to accomplish. And he wasn't the only one that did it like that. That's just the one that stands out to me. There were a lot of really nice cars. Um, TJ also mentioned the figures. And figures really kind of the the small subjects guys have me kind of intrigued on on painting a figure or two and and i'll put some thought into that but there were some of those figures that were there today that were just today last week (laughs) that were just amazing um the chief red bull was only about three inches tall he had the full headdress and every feather in that headdress was completely detailed his skin tone was right. His outfit was was just beautiful. Um, there was somebody had done, and this didn't even place, but um, I I took a liking to it. If you all know, I like reptiles. There was a Medusa bus that was close to a foot tall, and every single snake in her hair was painted representative of a real snake, but different. Everyone was a different color. Everyone had a different... It, it, the, the texture of the skin, everything was different on every single one. And then her face was great and her skin tone um, on her shoulders was uh, scales as well, which all looked to be hand painted on there. Um, really, really cool stuff. Um, I could go on about some of those figures, but. Uh, that Ma- I'll, I'll Doug, that Medusa there. was at Wonderfest as well. Wasn't it pretty yeah. though? Yeah. That was, oh my goodness. That was freaking so, crazy. I, I had, I just, I don't know how they do it. Um, all the soldiers, all the the cowboys, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, and then some of the the dioramas, including the one that I think was called. I told you it was too heavy. It was the one that that um, was nominated for the best diorama. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, was that a Sherman? Am I an M ten? An M ten. So yeah, crossing a, a a bridge, a stone bridge that had taken some damage, and the backside, the back end was actually falling through. And the river was running underneath it, and and all the details were there and and beautiful. It was it was just a stunning piece of work. You know, you guys have talked about a lot of the pieces that wowed me. I mean, that one seven hundred scale battleship Mike talked about. I mean, when you have somebody painting trousers and caps on a one seven hundred scale figure, and they're all over the boat, and we're you know rigging that is so fine, it looks like a cobweb. I mean, that to me is is next level, and the category that to be honest, kind of blew me away was 
172nd scale armor. Obviously, it's getting more and more popular all the time, but he had so many of these little tiny pieces, and the paint and finish work uh, of these were really, really stunning. I mean, just it, I've never been to a show where there was so much quality uh, 172nd scale armor. And, and, then, and then the last thing I wanted to kind of talk about was I was really impressed with the junior categories. I mean, frankly, there were some junior entries in there that could have belonged in, in the regular category. Um, somebody obviously is taking the time to mentor some young modelers. Um, but I was really, really impressed with, um, you know, the junior entries is really, I think, kind of extraordinary this show compared to others I've been been before. And then maybe I'll just echo, I think, John, you were mentioning, I've seen Scott and, and Darren and a lot of the geeks, I've seen their builds online. Mike, I've seen your your builds. I've seen, obviously, the other members of the posse. I'd seen photos of all of these works. And even the photos from the show, none of them do them justice because the lighting in that convention hall just wasn't very good. But being there in person and seeing the builds, I mean, it just it just looks different than in the photos. And and the work was just across the board was just great, very inspiring. Just really, really makes you want to come back home and up your game. Yeah, I think when when we. Uh, when TJ and John and we walked around and we were looking at each other's models because, you know, I showed them my aircraft with, and then I wanted to see their armor. And I, I was just, and then Scott, when we were looking at the piece that you did, um, one of the Star Wars pieces, I think it was, I don't know the specific name, but I mean, Whitey and Darren and Phil, we all talked about that afterwards, how we're almost just like, I, I don't know how they, the, the detail and the expertise and how you guys go about doing that is just, it is, I mean, of course it's inspirational, but it's just mind blowing. I'm like, okay, I, I built, I've built one tank and now I'm going to have to build a whole shitload of tanks because <laughs> it just, it makes me want to, to try something new. And it's just, it was odd that again, it was just, that it was, that was, that was one of my favorite parts. It's just, again, it kind of goes back to the friendship and the meeting people. You're like, wow, we really all do kind of have the same just attitude and um, just the or I don't know. It was just it was special. It was really cool, more so than any of the other Nats or contests that I've been to. You know, it's very rare that you have that connection thing. And and, and anyway, so that so that was fantastic. And I want to say one thing and then my two minutes are up. But because that's what my wife does. She gives me the the two, which means, all right, dude, shut up. Your two minutes are up. But for me, it was from the moment we got there, the way Joe Porsche had treated yeah. us all, the way Bob treated us, like we're celebrities, the registration process, getting them. I was like, there's no way they're going to get all these models on. It was, I thought it was flawless. I thought that the huge amount of models. I thought they did a great job. I thought that the awards went beyond smooth. I mean, we were done at a Nats in like an hour. I mean, and it was, we had a couple boo-boos with folks. Uh, you know, I think one guy, did he drop a model on Michelle? Yeah, man. <laughs> but other than that, I thought that the whole, uh, the everything the, the award show was that was that was I've never seen one go that quick. It was and so hats off to the entire Vegas Nats crew. I mean that was that was that was awesome. It's cool. Yeah, I just want to echo that, Scott. I think in terms of 
a well-run Nats, this ranks up there with one of the best, with exception to like the Wednesday morning pre-register rush, which is totally yeah. expected. By yeah. the way, I think I waited five seconds because my name starts with a B and it was wicked quick. <laughs> but I think other people got through really quick too. But you know, with exception of that, I, I saw like no line ever. And right. it was so efficient. They had everything together. Everything from not only checking in and getting your packet to placing your model on the table, simple things like, oh, here's a map of the contest room. Like that makes a difference when there's like 40 million tables and 10 billion models. So I I think it it was a class act all the way from entering to leaving. Major kudos to Pete Boucher and his team for the raffle as well. I've never seen a raffle that extensive. I'm super lucky. I won four times. Um, which is crazy because there was a bucket of literally like 10,000 tickets. I know I didn't get anything. So, it, you know, again, hats off to the Vegas crew. I, I know there were bumps along the road and probably bumps at the show, but you guys, you know, sure as hell put on a good face and a hell of a good show. So, and, and maybe I'll just end with, I think the best compliment that the organizers could potentially have is we can't wait for Omaha because you've influenced that person to go to the next year's show. There are countless people that we met. It was their first time Nats. And they said, I'm going to be back next year and every other year after that. And I don't think you can get any higher praise than that. than you know, passing yeah. the torch the next year. I, I would echo that. And then I would, I would also say TJ, Doug and I were all first timers. And I think before Wednesday was over, we had all said, oh, we're going to Omaha. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, and that was that was before the, the thing was over and awards were handed out. I mean, it was it was almost a no brainer. And and one of the things I'm looking forward to is, you know, we'll work with the Omaha folks. But the podcast meet and greet that we did, uh, that was that was a high point uh, for me. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe even do a couple of them. But man, it was awesome to to talk with people and just kind of get into how we do what we do and listen to people's perspective on it. That was a lot of fun. So looking forward to maybe doing that again. Yeah. And special thanks to them for giving us press passes. That was really dope. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that was like get out of jail free card. Like you, no one's going to tell me I can't take pictures of models. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it was it was really good. I, I think. And I was going to say, just, I really, anytime you can win something at a Nats, I mean, that is a, a very humbling experience because the competition is just through the roof, you know? And, um, I, my first Nats was in 2008, I think I've only missed one since then, but it's, it's unreal to go to a Nats and win anything, you know? And I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I am not a contest builder. I, I build for me. And if I happen to win something or that's great, but it's really, I, I, I would, I could care less about the awards, but knowing that guys that you're meeting for the first time, even, or people coming up to you and going, wow, that's your work. That's inspiring. Or that is amazing. Or how did you do that? That is so much more than any award I could ever get. I mean, to be honest with you, when when TJ and John came up to me and like, holy crap, that's your whatever. <laughs> I, I don't need an award. I don't need a, a, I don't need, that is, that means more to me than any coin or anything. And I, I, I bet you guys probably feel this. It's just very humbling. And Completely. It, yeah. Yeah. That's, it, it really goes back to just, that's what this is all about. It's about people and sharing your work 
inspiring others, help. I love helping people. I, I asked Darren and Frill and Whitey, how many sessions do we have at my house where we're practicing and I'm showing them stuff or they're showing me stuff. And I, I it's just, that's just my, it's my personality. But then I don't, I just, you know, it's very enjoyable to hang out with folks that have similar interests. And, and again, it's the whole inspiration. So you guys inspire me. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, seriousness, I, you do. You do. I think one of the best moments for me from this Nats is was during the award ceremony. You know, we had a small group entry for T34s. And what was great was we had Doug, a friend of the podcast, and Ian join us as well. And, you know, we took second was a complete shock. And that was awesome. And then when they called us up on stage for the special award, I, I it was like all a blur. It was like, you know, awards, I agree, don't matter, but, but man, it was like, holy shit, a group of guys that we've never met before. And, you know, yeah. we had a common theme and now it's like turned into almost a tradition now. So Scott, if you want to build another Sherman or another armor model, you should join. We got Mike Basquette with us. I mean, you know, he's, he's in, so we, we hope to, you know, we haven't, we haven't voiced it that much, but well, cat's out of the bag now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. um, but, but, you know, I, it, it was so cool to, uh, you know, just share that special experience with, with a group of guys that we all just bonded over a kit. And it, it was, again, the war doesn't mean anything, but it was, it was just still, it was just really fun. And seeing TJ get inspired to be like, all right, then this was this year. And we did like six entries. We want a shit ton more for next year in Omaha. We want Shermans and Lee variants, and we want to include more people. We've already got people from Australia on board, England. Like, it's going down, and it's it's just all transpired from like this one single moment at Nats where we all got together. So, I, I don't think you can ask for a better time for that. Podfather Dave, I mean, he's gonna be at Omaha. I mean, yeah. you know. A second pandemic, you know, aside. If they have to um, come in a shipping crate, they're coming. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's right. If they've got if they've got to get the sailboat and deploy the sail, they're coming. So, you know, that's gonna be even more fun, man. It's just yeah, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. So Well, since since John mentioned it, we are, I guess now is as good a time as any to talk about it. <laughs> which we were going I I planned on it anyway, so I'm just kinda of razzing you, John, but <laughs> uh, we are launching a 2022 Omaha Nats M3 M4 chassis group build. Um, I think everyone that maybe Nemo knows about it. I know, I know, uh, Mike does, and of course you guys do. Um, so Nemo, you of course are more than welcome to join. Cool. I can. I, I'll talk about it a little bit, and then we can we can talk afterwards. Yeah. So what we are doing is we are building anything on an M3, which is a Lear Grant or an M4 Sherman chassis, it's anything, self-propelled guns, tanks, you know, whatever, uh, armored recovery vehicles, doesn't matter. And then all in 135th scale, God's chosen scale. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> um, and the way we have it planned is everything will be unique. And it's not necessarily by variant, but it will also be by nationality. So, no one's building the same thing twice. No one's building two Easy Eight American Shermans. The only caveat with that, now that I'm thinking about maybe post-war and and you know World War II, that we'll we'll discuss that later. But anyway, so um, we're working on a website that JC has helped me set up uh, to register because we want people that are attending Nats that are serious about doing it. We have 11 months essentially, little little less. 
So it will be open to the greater public, but uh, we want to stress that, you know, we want to have fun, but this is also, we want people that are going to do it. And uh, there's more, it'll be more information coming. We have a, a separate group set up on Facebook. It's a little more exclusive, I guess. So it's only going to be people actually participating in the build actively. Um, no, just tagging along just to see that's so we can keep everything focused and have fun and share our work and inspire each other to essentially beat the amps guys from last year <laughs> that's what it is. Amps, amps, amps rolled in there hard they had their patent group build it was freaking money they yeah. won first place it was awesome i'm not even gonna act like it wasn't but uh the the, the posse and the other podcasts and in our our circle of model bros we will we have to at least defend seconds, so we have some momentum. Only, yeah, and and it's only it's only up. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I will right, send we'll, you a kit too. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a bunch of Shermans. I will send one to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk after. He doesn't want to we'll, ship it. He doesn't want to take it to Colorado. So it's just <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's a true statement. Well, every every other vendor here. handed him one at the show. Wow. That's right. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's that's right, July 2022, everybody. And it's going to be looking forward to it. Well, guys, uh, man, this has been so much fun. And uh, it's great to already start to relive some of those memories. And uh, in Omaha next year, we will go make some more. So I uh, appreciate it. Nemo, Mike, thank you so much for dropping by and uh, talking Nats with us. You're welcome. You got it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thanks. It's a pleasure to meet all of you fine gentlemen. And I can't wait to to for the next show where we can all kind of hang out. So it'll be good. And it'll it was good. awesome. It was awesome. I, yep. I also enjoyed meeting everybody and hopefully we'll stay in a little closer next time and uh, more fun will ensue. Yeah. We're, we're at the embassy suites next year. One, 100%. Well, right. That's yeah. the good one, right, John? The embassy suites. That's, <laughs> that's the a good one. Sound. That's okay. free happy hour, free breakfast. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say the, the, I will be on the computer October 15th waiting for the, to open because to our listeners, hotels, uh, you know, speci- specifically for the Omaha show, it'll it'll sell out within probably less than forty eight hours. I'm guessing wow. a day based on the momentum of what's going on from Vegas. It is going to be that popular. So mark your calendars, make sure you get your room, and it's going to be an awesome time. Our theme will be breakfast with the Aussies next year. Sweet. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys, take care. Awesome. Thanks. Y'all take care. Cheers. Yeah. The Plastic Posse podcast is sponsored by Tankcraft. Tankcraft makes the highest quality products for the discerning scale modeler, and we are proud that they are now an official sponsor of the Triple B. So who is Tankcraft? Tankcraft makes beautiful, self-healing cutting mats that will take your bench to the next level. Not only do they look amazing, they are made to stand up to your toughest builds. Constructed from heavy-duty laminated 3mm thick PVC, they have excellent self-healing and cut-resistant properties. But the best part is the beautifully rendered blueprint-like drawings of iconic World War II vehicles printed on the front. Up armor your bench by adding a mat with a Panther or a Tiger 1 in Panzer Gray, or a T-3485, or my personal favorite, the M4A3 Sherman in Military Green. They come in two sizes, 12 by 18 and 18 by 24, with 1-inch grids and centimeter borders for handy reference. 
Not a tank guy? Not a problem. TankCraft has you covered with their Aircrafter Series modeler mats. Take your bench to new heights with the mighty P-47D Thunderbolt, P-51D Mustang, or the venerable Spitfire Mark 5B. But wait, there's more! We've got an exclusive offer for Plastic Posse listeners only. Use the code POSSE15 at checkout for a 15% discount. So head on over to tankcraft.com. That's tankcraft, T-A-N-K-R-A-F-T.com and order today. Hey, your bench called. It wants a new mat. The Triple P is also sponsored by Sean's Custom Model Tools, makers of the Goodman Model Super Sanding Blocks. These blocks allow you to have controlled precision sanding that yields fantastic results. Head on over to GoodmanModels.com and order yourself a set. We're not going to have any uh, formal feedback this time. After our conversation on Nats, we, we are just going to roll through the rest of the show. We do want to give a special shout out to Hector Cologne and our friends over at the Butch O'Hare chapter of IPMS in Chicago. They are back with an open model contest scheduled for Saturday, November 13th, 2021 at the DuPage County Fairgrounds. Great news, guys. You can get more information at butchohairmodelclub.com slash contests. Thanks, Doug. Uh, we were going to announce the winner of a set of super sanding blocks from Sean's Custom Model Tools. Uh, thanks to all of you who have entered our contest. But we just did not have time with Nats to go through and put all those in a big hat and pick a winner. We will pick a lucky winner next time for that set of super sanding blocks. So tune back in to episode 29. All right, listeners. Now we're going to you know take a minute to talk to some newcomers to the IPMS Nationals. And fortunate enough, they are my co-hosts. So this session, I'll be kind of leading them through a Q&A of sorts and understanding what their first Nats experience was experience was like and you know what they're looking forward to next year. So so this year for everyone obviously Nats was in Las Vegas. We came trains, planes and automobiles. Um I'm going to throw this one to TJ first since he flew to Nats. I guess quick question, have you ever traveled by air to a show? Uh how was packing up your models and and any recommendations for our listeners? Uh the answer to that first question is no. The furthest I've traveled for a show is like 30 minutes by car uh, from Loudoun County to Fairfax County, which is literally the next county over. And as far as getting my models to the show, I took a page from your book and got those little, um, I can't remember, Sterilite stackable containers. They're clear. They have a green handle. They can latch on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, I went with your recommendation. I got three. And I'm glad you got on the plane for me to let me know that three (laughs) do not fit under the chair in front of you but they do fit perfectly in the overhead compartment three stacked high so on my return trip i put that three stack in the overhead bin because it was completely full so i wasn't worried about it sliding around the air or the airplane i'm sorry the airplane was completely full so i knew the overhead bins would be full so i didn't feel like carrying it in my lap or taking it apart so i put it up there up against the side and the people put all their bags next to it since it's hard plastic you can't really like smash it and it did not move at all Nice. Now, as far as getting through the airport, I'm fortunate enough to have TSA pre-check because I have global entry. So I got to go through the fast lane where they don't, they're not as invasive in their searching. So they looked at it and they're like, are these snakes? Uh, no, they're not snakes. I'm not Doug. Um, these are models. And then on the, that was before when on the, on the x-ray machine that when it came out, and a couple other guys are like, 
man, those are models. And they're like, kind of like looking at it. And I'm like, you mean, you guys can look at them if you want. And like, Oh no, no, that's okay. That's okay. And then that was it. Speaking of that, TJ, I can't remember if it was John or TJ, but one of you, you had those containers and you had put the snake and rodent kind of packing that in was there, me. you know, that was me. Yeah. yeah. And we, yeah. The, the first day we were there, we're walking down the hall, <laughs> down to the convention area. And one of the hotel workers looked at your, at your container and they, it was a lady and you could tell she thought they were snakes. She was like staring it down <laughs> and we kind of stopped yeah. right there. And she like gave you the widest birth and she, yeah. she never took her eyes <laughs> off of your models one time. <laughs> yeah. It was like that in the airport too. Sounds um, like somebody's had experience with reptiles in those kinds yeah. of containers. Everywhere, everywhere I went in the airport, everyone's like, what, is, what is that exactly? Yeah. And uh, then when I got like my food and sat down at my gate, people are like staring at it. <laughs> and one lady like, was looking at it really hard. I was like, they're just models. They're, they're plastic. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's funny because I think, I forget who told me, they actually had a flight attendant come back to their seat and ask them what was in the clear box because another passenger reported that they may have reptiles underneath <laughs> their seat. So someone said that at the show. I forget who it was, uh, but they were politely asked, what's in the box? Well, I mean, I think... You can travel with reptiles, can you not? Is that you? Is that... You have to check. You have to report it and, oh, and you go do. through it correctly. Okay. Yeah, most I've seen like snakes it. on a plane. That can't happen these days. <laughs> <laughs> most people that do reptile shows, they actually have a reptile shipper present at the uh, shows okay. to send them to your home. So yeah, because you can't check those. You can't put them in the bottom of the plane. It'd be too cold, right? Be too no. cold, and uh, no, the you, the you, bottom of the plane's more or less temperature control. It's the same temperature as as the cabin. Hmm. More, okay. more or less, on a commercial flight, it is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust baggage handlers yeah. to. I think uh, it's like a little cooler, but it's not like it's not like frigid because it's not. It's pressurized and and so forth, so on and so forth. Well, switching gears, Scott and Doug, you guys, uh, you guys party together on the way out. Any any issues with traveling? I know you spent a night somewhere. Did you leave your stuff in the car overnight? And I'm assuming you didn't keep it out in the uh, Vegas sunlight when you were driving across country. Yeah, no, yeah, no. We we took them in. We we stayed in Utah, and it ra- actually rained the night we stayed. But we took them in the house anyway, just to make sure there, you know, no temperature issues. It was it was a good deal. My parents live halfway to Vegas from here, so so we went less than three hour drive, spent the night, and had less than a three hour drive after that to get to Vegas. I mean, we pushed straight through coming back, but we took the models inside mostly to show them off at my folks' house. And uh, it was good. It was a, it, it made the trip really didn't seem very long, that drive, breaking it up like that. And how did you find parking at the venue? Oh, at the venue wasn't so bad. I was thinking of where we stayed. Sorry, that was, that was a little more rough, especially Saturday night. Beware of wrestling events in Vegas the night, you know, when you're <laughs> staying close to the venue. I think this leads right into maybe our first lesson learned uh, for, for newcomers to the Nationals is stay at the convention hotel. So Scott, yes. where did you guys stay again? Yeah, we stayed at the Luxor and you know, I did a review when I got back and the title of my review is The Luxor is Really Tired. <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't great, you know, and the travel wasn't too bad between the Luxor and the Rio, but we definitely didn't get into all of the late night parties in John Suite that we would have <laughs> if we would have been over there with him. So yeah, so listeners, next show in Omaha, there's two hotels attached, the Marriott and Embassy Suites. 
highly recommend you guys stay there because like you said, there's so much after show activities. Honestly, it's probably more fun than the show, but you guys stuck around pretty late some nights, which was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. We, we uh, crashed with uh, Dave and Mike from plastic model mojo. We, we were with them. What till two thirty in the morning that one night. It was we- really, really <laughs> late or early depending so, on which way you look at it. So let's go back to the show and, and I'll, uh, and I'm going to pick on each one of you, uh, and I'd love to hear your individual answers where, you know, you've never been to the Nationals. You have this sort of expectation. What do you think immediately kind of your first exposure to that vendor room? What, what, what was your immediate thoughts when you walked in? TJ, we'll start with you. I mean, it was just like in the vendor room, I just, the master club was there. So <laughs> I was like, uh, this is going to cost me a lot of money. But I was just, <laughs> take out another mortgage on my house or something. But, uh. Yeah, it was just, it was a really big vendor room, obviously. I mean, like I said, the only other real show I've been to is the um, the Model Classic here in, in the Northern Virginia area, which is, you know, decently sized for what it is, but it's not that. It, it was impressive, but, you know, I was a little disappointed that, like, some of the, the international uh, vendors weren't there, but that's understandable, so I'm not, like, angry about it. And there's plenty of stuff there to, to take my money, so, I mean, I was, like, the living embodiment of that that fry gif with the meme, shut up and take my money. And just throwing <laughs> money at people. Um, I loved it. Tell you what, my pocketbook appreciated that some of those foreign vendors weren't there. <laughs> Doug, what were you thought what were your thoughts when you walked in? Um, well, I was kind of shocked at the size of the room, first of all. And when we walked in, we got there before all the vendors were set up. There were quite a few empty tables which were not empty an hour and a half later. It was it was huge. There were a lot, almost anything you'd want was there. I mean, Scott scored something he's been looking for for years. Um, I found some stuff that I didn't know I needed until I met uh, Vargas, the Vargas models uh, guy. <laughs> oh man, just some excellent stuff. It was a lot of fun. And just and what's really cool about it was when we were sitting at our at our little table there talking about the podcast. You'd have people walk by. And 45 minutes later, they walked by again. People were like, they were circling that room. It wasn't like one walkthrough and you're done because you knew you were going to miss something. Mm-hmm. And so they'd come back and then they'd come back again. And you just, we'd, we'd, you know, say hi or talk to them every time they came past. Yeah. Scott, what were your thoughts? You know, similar to what these guys are saying. I think the first thing I was struck by was, you know, I was a little bit afraid going into this year because of COVID and the Delta variant and the Clark County mask mandate that the show might be a little underattended. And of course, those fears were put to rest almost immediately. But I was really struck by the fruits of Joe Porsche, especially his his labor to take that vendor room and very, very quickly recover from, you know, vendors that were going to be a sizable presence and recover and, you know, give other vendors tables, bring other vendors in at the last minute. Uh, my my hats are off to Joe and Bob and their team. Um, just what an incredible job they did. I mean, you walked in that vendor room and, and if you didn't know that Tamiya and Zuki Mora and Edward were supposed to be there and, and that, you know, just couldn't come, you wouldn't have known because it was... Mm-hmm. You know, without a doubt, it was the the United States' biggest hobby store for four days. There's no doubt in my mind. How did you guys find the check-in process and, you know, just, just getting acclimated and, and that introduction to the IPMS Nationals? What were your thoughts, uh, Scott? Um, so I actually volunteered on Wednesday and, and went out and helped 
uh, Joe and Bob and the team and helped kind of try and guide people. And they, I think they did an amazing job. There was a hallway that was, you know, huge. And there was a line of people. Yeah, I don't know how many people, hundreds and hundreds of people. And it was literally less than, I think it was about an hour and a half. The line was completely gone. And they also handled um, over 3,000 models check-in. Mm-hmm. And I didn't ever see a, a long line at the contest room. And so I think that was great. And then the packets that we got uh, with our bags, and I was an early registration um, person, so I got a free decal sheet. We got our pins and, you know, our, our badges and everything. I, I just think everything was really, really first class. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Maybe switching gears a little bit into the other big room. And, and I'll, I guess we can start with Doug on this one is, you know, walking into that model room with all of those entered models, what, what, what were your, what were your impressions with that? Like what, what, what did you feel as soon as you walked in you're like, whoa, same size room as the vendor room, just with built models everywhere? Uh, well, I first of all questioned whether or not I was going to get to see everything. And, and to be honest, I can't st- say to this time that I saw all the models because there were that many you you've never seen that many built models sitting on tables before and and the just at first glance the quality was superb um the average kit there was well above average for even an even a show that i've been to um which was a fairly good sized regional show in the past just absolutely blown away by the talent and the quality that was there yeah i i agree i mean not only it's the biggest hobby shop in the country, but certainly the venue with the best models on the table at any one time. You know, going to TJ, how many models did you end up entering? Sixteen, including the our group entry. That's impressive. Now, with that, how was it to navigate the room and find those categories where you needed to enter your stuff? It was relatively easy. I mean, once you figured it out, they put up a map um, that kind of gave you a good layout where where everything is. Plus, you know, if you ever want to find science fiction, just go look in the corner because that's where they always put it. <laughs> so that was easy. Um, I mean, actually, there was a lot of a lot of science fiction there. So I was I was just being facetious. I mean, that's just the way the you got to put it somewhere. Uh, but it was pretty easy. Um, the my only, I guess, critique would be that the signs were a little small for the table to see like what which one's which. And there's so many different like subcategories of, you know, armor and airplanes. It's like the sign was just a little bit bigger, a little easier to see, but I mean, that's like minor stuff. That's just pay better attention. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. So I'd like to stick to your 16 entries and maybe this brings up a point. I think we briefly discussed it after the show. Uh, you had some fratricide where you had multiple entries in the same category. One of them sticks out as 35th scale armor allied. I think you had four there. Is that mm-hmm. true? I did. So, you know, going in next time, I think it's important for our listeners to understand you can spread those out into different categories, like out of the box. And, right. um, you know, if, if there's another opportunity for, you know, I'm just trying to think you can, you can essentially spread them out more, uh, and out of the box is one way to do it. Do you think next time knowing that you'll, 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 I guess, play the game and, and spread your stuff out more? Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, I brought 16 because I could fit 16 models. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, 
I posted a thing on Instagram before we left of a picture of my Easy Eight Sherman, which I really like, and with with the con- with the caption like, "Oh, you know, should I try to bring this to Nats?" And someone was like, "Well, yeah, I mean, someone might want to see that, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't win a medal, which it did not win a medal, which is fine." Um, but maybe someone saw it and was like, wow, this is a really cool Sherman. I'm going to go home and, and build an easy eight Sherman. And maybe they took a picture of it and they use mine as inspiration. That's worth more than a medal in my opinion. So whether that actually happened, I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I saw someone looking at my firefly and was like, Oh, this is really cool. I mean, just hearing that is, is worth it. But uh, I mean, will I diversify a little more next year? Probably, but I also kind of tend to build a lot of the similar stuff mm-hmm. it actually worked out because they split allied armor between u.s built and everything else so mm-hmm. I, I only had i think a two in the u.s built and then two in everything else so i was really only at the end of the day working against myself on on the two and most other things were pretty spread out um i don't think i had really anything in the same category other than that that i remember yeah, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, that that's great feedback. And, you know, I, I want to transition over to Scott and maybe ask a question that's a little different. You know, you had brought your slave wound, which I'm so happy. And, you know, I think TJ and I were probably going to stop in Utah and kick your butt if you didn't bring it. You know, you entered that in sci-fi. And, and, and before I ask this question and we talk about it, I do want to caveat to our listeners that the categories, the judging, the competition at the IPMS Nationals is in no way, shape, or form associated with the local host. So the Vegas boys had no control over what goes on in the contest room. And that's important for the topic that I want to talk about because, you know, Scott brought this awesome slave one. And it, it correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, you entered into a category with Star Trek models as well. And I, and I think that it's a little too diverse if that's the polite way to say it. And maybe your thoughts on that. What were your thoughts going into that singular vehicle category for sci-fi and, and looking at what was on the table and maybe how, what, where's an opportunity to improve? I think. When I first got there and I saw that, you know, saw the sign and kind of remembered that's the way it was. I certainly, I had some concern for, for that very reason, because like an X wing doesn't really have a lot in common you know, modeling wise with the Starship Enterprise or whatever, but it really kind of ended up being a moot issue because most, if not all of the entries in that category ended up being Star Wars subjects anyway. And so I think from that standpoint, it was really good. I was pleased with the sci-fi category with one exception. And and I, I really wish uh, we could have done better as an organization, speaking of IPMS, to get more Gundam modelers out. There just weren't a lot of Gundams. Um, there was maybe 15 or 20 total, um, uh, you know, on the table. And, you know, knowing the demographics of how many Gunpla kits are being put together and how many people are building them, I would love to have seen, you know, 50 or 60 of them, you know, on the table. Other than that, it was great. I, I thought it was a, a well-attended category, like TJ said. Our listeners have seen online, you know, the Hammerhead Corvette. There was a great big, huge studio scale X-Wing. You know, there was one of those uh, 2001 EVA pods that was really big. And, you know, all the Star Wars stuff was really pretty well done. So, yeah, it was a, it was, it was great. Good category. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I have a point of contention with the, the space and science fiction Categories, John. You probably saw. I think there was a post about it on 
one of the Facebook groups. I don't know if it's the IPMS group or the one for the the uh, show. I think it's called controversial. Controversial, if you want. I think they need to split real space and science fiction out from anything. Real space has more to do with aircraft than it does with the USS Enterprise and the Death Star. It, it's it, they're in separate categories, but then they're in one main category. So that sweet uh, limb won best space science fiction, but it's also competing against the scratch build hammerhead, yeah. right? Or the massive pod from 2001 that, that that's you're, you're comparing two separate things and people brought up like, well, where do you, where do you stop the split? Well, you stop it right there. You take right. space and sci-fi away from each other and, and make, make a best science fiction and a ba- best space. I don't see why that's that hard. I get that real space isn't as popular, but the, a lot of people doing real space work are, super talented like those are like the hardcore dedicated modelers that like they latch on to that one thing like building a gigantic scratch limb. Like, bill, right you know what i mean like they are all about that but then science fiction is kind of the same way too i mean like you got to be dedicated to build a scratch bill one 144 scale hammerhead corvette yeah that was in a movie for what like two minutes yeah you know what i mean so i, I don't know that's that's my only thing it's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but that, that is one thing I, I would like. Yeah, no, certainly I would agree. I think there's, I think that's just one of many opportunities as we look at some of the categories that are a little lightly attended. One, one big step forward could, could help a lot there. And, and that step has to be taken by IPMS. So awesome. So far, let's continue in the contest room. As we walked around the room, it was so massive, so many entries, Doug, I'm going to point this question to you. If you had to pick maybe a genre category that really caught your eye, and and just give us you know a high level perspective on what those entries were, what caught your eye, and you know what you found inspiring. Well, I mentioned it in the roundtable, but the figures were amazing. Between the uh, the Medusa bus that didn't place, but was awesome to me because it's a, it it spoke to me because it's reptiles. To the Red Bull figure, um, there was a beautifully done um, skeletal soldier full garb. He's a skull. He's got, you know, the skeletal hands, but he's standing in the snow. Beautifully done. A bunch of other stuff from all kinds of different genres. And that's another one that it's kind of hard to compare. Some of them are, some of them are historical. Some of them are fantasy and they end up in the same categories. And that makes it kind of, I would, I would have not wanted to judge that cat, that, that category for that reason. But there was some, some just beautiful figures in there. Yeah, I love the Popeye. Do you guys remember seeing that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, a really was a good. Drop dead gorgeous. It Drop it was it ones. looked like Scott Positionics yes. that he did for that magazine. Yeah, the transitions were gorgeous on it. And I love the Medusa figure too. I mean, it was big, it was cool. And you know, certainly it, you know, evoked a lot of attention. I always saw a bunch of people walking by it and and I think those categories do that where you know, you're not stuck in the engineering mindset of an aircraft or a piece of armor. You're much more in the, you know, expressive side of the hobby, the artistic side. And we certainly saw it on the table there. And like in the entries that you called out there, some of them were just outstanding. And and shifting gears, Scott, I'm going to kick this one over to you. Maybe talk where, what the future of the hobby looks like based on the work there. Um, and, and, and specifically, I'm talking about the juniors. Yeah, I was really stunned by the work in the juniors category. I felt like a lot of the pieces would have been at home on the regular tables in the regular category. 
I mean, the best Junior's aircraft was a 70-second scale Wildcat. It had separate control surfaces. It had the wing folds done. It had paint chipping and distressing. It was weathered. It was really, really a good piece. And as I walked around, I was just really struck by, you know, I think people during the pandemic, I'm going to assume, have been really getting some great guidance from other other modelers, you know, and the future looked really bright from that standpoint. Yeah. Now, I, I think, and, and Doug, this is one that you noted in the roundtable, that Opal truck. I thought that was simply stunning. Um, and, and I'm sure it was in consideration for best auto, uh, because it was, it was, it was so damn good. Well, there were hundreds of individually painted pieces in that, in that kit and it, it blew my mind, just blew my mind. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Every, every hydraulic fitting, every line, every fastener in that thing was a miniature model. It kind of reminded me, uh, about looking like at, at one of Adam Wilder's armor builds. Where when you're staring at this tank, he has like every single bolt and rivet and weld seam tells a story. Mm -hmm. That Opal uh, drag truck thing was was like that. I mean, every single piece of that model told you a story uh, about the piece. It, It was really tremendous. So let's stick in the contest room and, and talk about one of the, you know, one of the last events in the contest room, and that was judging. Um, I know all of us judge, but I'll start with TJ here. This was your first Nats judging experience. You know, w- what are your thoughts? Did you enjoy it? What did you learn? And, and maybe how, how, how do you think it benefits your how you build a model now? I enjoyed it. I, I can honestly say that um, I was tired, <laughs> but I judged with you. So we were efficient professional and we had a good time i like to think oh yeah it was great i did learn a lot um i mean i I have judged one other time also with you but that was an online contest um so i i you know i more or less knew what we were looking for i mean how it affects me it it's not really i mean like i'm still gonna make mistakes you know in models that didn't place i know probably i made mistakes um i know I, i picked apart my crusader um, which I still think is the best thing I've done, but it has mistakes and I just, I don't care. I didn't care when I was building it. I don't care now. Um, it's not really going to change the way I do anything. I think in the long run, I mean, I've known that I should take better care looking at mistakes, but I think as we all know, I, I build a lot and <laughs> I build really pretty fast. So I just want to get it done and get on with the next one. So, but I, I did overall enjoy it. I thought it was fun. Uh, it is can be grueling, and time started to take its toll on me towards the end. I was getting pretty tired. Yeah, I was getting hangry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we didn't have dinner, which uh, was rough. So Scott and Doug, you guys judged too, but you know TJ and I were over in Armor. Uh, where, where were you guys hanging out? Well, I I uh, did some of the um, they call them the uh, triathlons, where you enter yep. three different kits of different genres in one entry. Um, we did those. We did dioramas as well. Some really, really good work. Um, but like TJ said, it did go long. We, my group was one of the last to finish. Let's see, we had the the meeting at six p.m. Right yeah. to uh, the the judges meeting, and we started about seven, and I ended at a quarter to midnight. Um, and they did give me a break to use the restroom, and they and I got a little snack pack of Nutter Butters. So I was good. I was good to go. No, my feet hurt so bad that night. 
but it was fun. I learned a bunch, especially if I ever decide to do a uh, diorama. I'm kidding. I, I, I did. I did learn a bunch, but I don't know how those people pull off that kind of black magic because some of those were just just on another level. I was straight for the fruit snacks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, fruit yeah. snacks. Oh, I love fruit snacks. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. I think I took a fun size Twix while I was at it too. Okay, so you know, getting through the contest room, one of the last things to do on Saturday is the award ceremony. Uh, I thought they did a great job. There was no banquet this year. It was you know early bird special. You can buy a ticket and have a seat at the table, and then they had kind of stadium seating behind it, which I thought was really nice. Um, and then cash bars on either side. One of the cool things with the award ceremony is everybody gets to see a picture of their work. And then we were very fortunate. We had a group entry that really lucked out and we, we had some favorable results. And, and maybe Scott, if you, if you want to talk about that group entry and then, you know, what, what, what came about it? Yeah, it was really great. Um, you know, we have, as our listeners know, our first group build as a podcast was the Ryfield Models T3485. And has been very popular. We've got almost 450 people. It's still going strong to this day. And it's a great model, great kit. We tried to get a whole bunch of them together. It, it didn't work out for some people, but we ended up with six of them there. So there was the four of us and our dog Ian Bonner and also Doug Reed. And we were able to take second place as a group, which is just, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for, for you guys, but, the, you know, for me, that was the a lot bigger highlight than maybe our individual accolades to go in there as a group. And we got to go up on stage and, you know, have some fun. And then to double down on that, you know, Ryefield and their distributors had purchased a trophy for the best Ryefield subject and they awarded that to our group entry as well. And so it was a lot of fun to come back and uh, pop on the Facebook group and let the guys know that, you know, we had represented and, uh, you know, uh, as much fun as it was, uh, you know, TJ's talked a little bit about the group build for next year and, we'll, you know, we'll move over to him and hear more about that. But uh, if if next year is even half as fun as we had with it this year, it's going to be an absolute blast. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think the the highlight of the show was was walking up on stage with you. I mean, you guys right here. Um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Doug and and Ian were in the back and couldn't make it up, but certainly they're in spirit. And we had some awesome photographs afterwards. And and again, that really goes down to you know a moment that I'll never forget. It was so much fun to share the hobby with you know people that I had just met. You know, we all had one thing we were building towards and we had a great time doing it. And the online following and the group that we created and it was a very supportive community. And, and that's what I really enjoyed the most. And I'm super excited uh, to kick it over to TJ, if you don't mind talking a little bit more about what we plan next year and maybe taking that momentum forward uh, into Omaha. Oh, yeah. So I think, John, you're the one that had said like we we need to defend we need to defend our <laughs> second place and uh, i was like no we don't need to defend second place we need to snatch first place <laughs> so uh scott didn't mention but we came in second to uh amps southern california yeah amps socal yeah yeah amps SoCal oh, so good had a patent display so it was anything in the patent family so m48 m60 m whatever i don't know there's like four different patents and they think they had like four full tables, a whole tier display. It was like what 60, 70 tanks. It was a yeah. lot. And they were flawlessly made. Yeah. It was They're, it was impressive. Hats off, hats it off. It really was. Guys. Uh you know, they had a little 
like custom sign. Yeah, yeah, you know, like amp SoCal, and then like something about General Patton, who you know, who doesn't love Patton? And it's like I'll take sex with that. T- yeah, t- seven days they, a week, right? And they had T-shirts too, walking around the show. Yeah, so they they brought the fire, <laughs> and it's you can't knock them. It was it was solid. It, it really was. But uh, John, you you were like, yeah, we need to defend. So uh, I was like, no, we need to we need to win. That's what we need to do. Uh, just for no other reason other than say that we did. So I, I think it was after the show, and I think it was yeah. I think when everyone got back home, and we were kind of chit chatting about what we should do. And I think you had the idea to like you know we need to organize a, a Nats group build for next year, and kind of what should we do. And I don't remember who came up. It might have been me. I'm not, I don't want to take credit if it wasn't me. But I was like, well, what about an M4 Sherman? Right? Mm-hmm. It's ubiquitous tank, tons of kits. Lots of people like Shermans. They're relatively easy to build and paint. You know, they're typically olive drab. Then that kind of morphed into, well, let's go ahead and bring in the M3 Lee chassis because it's more or less the same. You know, it is, it's different. Calm down, nerds. It's different. <laughs> but uh, it shares the same lineage because it's kind of like how the the patent display was like not all of those yeah. patents are the same, but they, they right. have a common lineage. And then it kind of evolved from there. And I think John, you had the idea, well, let's make every entry unique, no repeats. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we did. And then I, I kind of took it upon myself to kind of geek out a little bit. Cause I think everyone is listening to the podcast knows I'm a big Sherman fan. I love Sherman's. I got a brand new Sherman while I was there. Um, and this is the perfect chance to build it. So that's kind of what we did, and we're being a little, not to sound douchey, but a little more exclusive with uh, the the group that we have on Facebook for it, kind of limiting it to everyone that is involved in the build. It's not a secret or anything. Like everyone, Anyone that's involved is free to share whatever they do, but I, we're kind of just wanted to collect everyone into one place without a bunch of hangers on coming in that are fine in other groups but you know you know how group builds are everyone's like yeah i'll do it and then nothing happens so that's where we are right now i think we have 20 entries so far Uh, i think john you have three of those our friend ivan i think has three i have one I'm, i'm sure i'll add more and our friend jc is building a little website um that you can that we'll we'll put out there that you can go to the website sign up it gives you uh you'll give us your name where you're from just like country that sort of thing what is been taken and then you get it should have three choices of what you want to build like your number one choice of what you can build and then that'll be sent to us we'll look at it and it'll it'll all be done on facebook and we'll reach out to you and say yeah good to go that this is the one you're building and we'll go from there and we're kind of limiting it to people that are going to go to Nats in Omaha or people that can get us their model before Nats, which could be tricky, but we'll, we'll work something out now. Cause I think some of us are driving and some of us may be flying. I don't know. It's still a ways out. So I don't think anyone's 100% yet, but that's kind of where we are with the group build. No, I think that's really good. And, and just to emphasize anybody and everybody's invited. I think this is an awesome opportunity that we're going to have another little community. And, and like TJ said, I, I think group builds are awesome. Um, but we, you know, as we go through some group builds, probably I'd say if we're lucky, 10% of the people finish the model, but I love the idea of this group build being like, 
everybody's on board. Everybody, you know, dare I use the word serious air quotes for this hobby and, and doing something with it. But, you know, I think this is going to be an awesome time to, you know, build something unique, tell a story. And then also I look forward to the discussions that we're having because we already have some of those ongoing in the Facebook group. And we're connecting with people that we've never had the opportunity to talk to before. I know, Scott, you've had awesome interactions with Spud from England and getting some great references to support your build. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. Please you know, reach out to us, join. I will be driving. Uh, I am happy to take your model there. You ship it to my house. I will even ship it home to you. But we'd, we'd love to see you part of the group build and, and help us tell the story. I think what's awesome is we have some ideas around the display and custom bases. And it, I think it's going to be really a lot of fun. And I'm certainly looking forward to it already. Yeah. And like you were saying, John, we're, we're, we're taking it serious. You know, yeah. Serious as you can be building models, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's a model, mm-hmm. but you know, we want, we want people that are dedicated to getting the model done mm-hmm. in time for Nats. And I plan on doing periodic check, checkpoints, which my wife is a teacher and that was her idea. Cause she's like, Oh, you know, it's like when you do a group project in high school, the teacher gives you checkpoints. So we're going to do something like that. It's not like, oh, you have to be this far at this point. It's just probably what it's going to be is have your kit by December picked yep. out in your hand so you have it. That gives almost three months to get your kit, figure out what you want to do. And then from there until probably two weeks before Nats, we'll post in the in the group, you know, hey, what's everyone doing? How far are you? You know, as long as you're making progress, that's all that really matters. Because look, life's more important than building models, and your family's more important than building models. So, if, you know, if that stuff gets in the way. That's that's perfectly fine, and it's no pressure. If, if you can't finish, you can't finish. I mean, yeah, that's just the way it is. Sometimes no one's going to hold it against you. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be really fun. You know, M threes, M fours are awesome. There's so many good kits out there nowadays. And the way we kind of have it broken out where everything is unique, that doesn't mean there can only be one Sherman Jumbo, right? So we already have two Jumbo 75s, one in French service, one in American service. Mm -hmm. Um, That's still a Jumbo 76. Um, You know, M4A2s, you could do U.S. Marine Corps, French, uh, I think because I think they had some uh, Russian. Russian. The Russians had them. And same thing with the Lees, you know, they were used Lin Lees. So that's kind of how we're breaking it out. It's not just only one M4A2. It could be M4A2 in service in various ways. Yeah. So certainly looking forward to it. And, you know, dare I say, if we complete the project and have a lot of great turnout, maybe we even do something afterwards where it's some sort of article or book on it, um, you know, just, just as a little reward for everybody that participated. So yeah, feel free, listeners, uh, chime in, comment on Facebook, shoot us a message if interested, and we can hook you up with an invite, and we'll go from there. Yep, and we'll see everybody at Omaha. That's right. Cool. Doug's an armor modeler now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to our listeners, Doug is an armor modeler. Let, let's just call out Doug real quick. How Out of all the models you bought, Doug, what percentage were armor-related? Um. Are you talking about you're talking about a Nats, right? I'm talking about a Nats, maybe even within the last thirty days. <laughs> within the last thirty should days, should we... <laughs> let's see, ninety percent of my kits are oh. are armor, and then I got some armor accessories as well, like Ooh. like the Master Club tracks. Um, so yeah, 
I guess I'm an armor modeler only because so much Bandai Star Wars is out of production right now. But the next best thing. Yeah, it's kind of like James Skiffins on uh, just making conversation, pretending not to be a sci-fi modeler. <laughs> but then he spends the rest of that episode talking just about sci-fi. Yeah, and all the kids so, he has and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, Doug's one of us. One That's right. Of us. <laughs> and, and, and he's not the only one. You know, I think we got to call out Whitey from the Model Geeks. He took first yeah. in armor. Yes, an award, did. An award-winning awesome. armor modeler. Yes, yeah. award-winning first place national award-winning modeler. So Whitey is on team, team Tank now. Uh, and then, you know, Scotty, he was in the round table talking about armor and maybe TJ and I did a little inception when we were walking around those tables to see if you knew armor, <laughs> a few more armor builds from him. So, uh, you know, uh, the dark side is slowly coming out in these people, but no, it's, it's certainly awesome. And I think that, that just goes to show, you know, what the Nats does. It, it brings friends together and makes new ones. So I certainly had a blast. I think my co-host did, and we'd love to thank you guys again for listening, and we hope to see you in Omaha. Episode 20 of the Triple P is also sponsored by Grant Mayberry, DB Scale Model Studio, Ted Kawahara, and the voice of Bob, along with Posse Outriders, Terry, Paul, Ethan, Jamie, Steve, and Rick. These Posse members all help us all help us bring this podcast to you. If you would like to donate to the Posse, just go to our website, plasticpossepodcast.buzzsprout.com, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a heart icon. Just click this and donate any amount you would like. Just a reminder, the Posse is one of several scale modeling podcasts. You can head on over to modelpodcast.com for a list of all scale modeling podcasts and some other scale modeling content as well. You can leave us feedback about this or any other episode over at our Plastic Posse Facebook page, or you can email us at plasticpossepodcast at gmail.com. We want to thank our Posse supporters once again and give a shout out to our two awesome sponsors, Tankcraft and Sean's Custom Model Tools. Remember, there is no wrong way to enjoy this hobby. Thanks again for joining us for episode 28. We'll be back in two weeks with another exclusive interview with the man Steve Zaloga, as well as our regular segments and much more awesome content about scale modeling, the hobby that we all love so much. Until then, yeehaw! Oh boy, I, I'm not. A, I, I need Doug to do that. I'm. No, that was that was good. Doug is the yeehaw man. He's that the was, yeehaw that man. was fine. It, that was fine work. Fine it is work. a talent. It, yep, it just takes time. Thank you.